It's good to be here this morning. Uh, good to obviously have the, the opportunity and the privilege to come alongside the body this morning by my people. You guys are who I consider my people and to rub shoulders with and just be able to encourage, to encourage with uh, uh, what the Lord has been speaking to our hearts uh, as a staff together and the direction that we have for this church. And last week, uh, we started a series that we're calling uh, Our Blind Side. Uh, it's a two-part um, series, so today is uh, the final week uh, of it. But last week, we were, we were talking about a few specifics about how in life there are very many moments and consistent moments and unfortunately, a continual moments of us being blindsided. You know, life gets in the way and there are so many different things that, that happened uh, and that happened and continue to happen that we, like that clip that I showed, um, sorry, I should have probably played it again because it was so sweet. It was his uh, quarterback, literally he's, he hikes the ball and he looks to his left and he just gets nailed by his right side. That was a good depiction of how life is. Sometimes there's things that we do not expect to happen that we can't prepare, plan for, and, uh, and they just do. Uh, and the church, the early church, uh, we, we, we jumped into the book of Acts. They also had experienced a huge blindside. It was uh, not uh, being prepared for the, the death of, of, of our Savior, Jesus. They were not ready to see him on a cross. They were not <laughs> thinking that that would be their reality, but it was, and it hurt them, and they were in a moment of pain and struggle. But my goodness, aren't we thankful that we have uh, a Lord that not only did he die for us, but he had the power to raise from the grave, to, to uh, change our lives for our sins, to come to this world and, and take upon what we have as sin and just take it on himself and just, isn't that awesome, church? That's what I'm talking about. He, he's just an amazing God to put that on himself. And we talked about as well that um, after his resurrection, then the church just, they, they just... They, they were renewed. They were, their, their lives immediately changed. They had this powerful t uh, uh, thing that they saw, that it was Christ raising from the grave, and they weren't al alone. They had each other, and the biggest thing that we see in that story, uh, which is uh, what I highlighted, was what they did after was do fellowship, and we defined fellowship as doing life together. Literally, what Acts says is that they did, they did two things. They, felt, they did fellowship, which is the breaking of bread, uh, and they did it from house to house. They, they knew each other. They spent time together. They went uh, 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 and, and hung out, talked about the good, the bad, and then they also prayed for each other, which is huge. This, this was the marking moment of that church. They started as 12, then 120, then after, after this, 3,000, and man, today, Christianity, one-third of the world. Church, Jesus says that not even, not even hell can destroy this gathering here. That's our reality. I gave, I gave a little example. You know, one pen or one pencil of these, I can pull apart. I can take it out of here and literally snap it with a finger. But us here together, this is, this is it. This, is, this was a church, and this is the church today, an unbreakable, unstoppable force. So that was week, that was week one, and it was, it was just awesome to take that in. And, and today, I just, I kind of want to now enforce and give vision for us to what that's going to look like for us, what that's going to look like for Market Street Church, and, and define that for us. But I want to start out by sharing a, a personal story. So, and please forgive me, this, um, this story I haven't really uh, spoken openly to very many people. It's kind of the first time that I have shared it with multiple people that I know and don't know. Um, but it, it was a story of a moment in my life where I was truly blindsided and not prepared. I wasn't in this position. 
I wasn't in this position. I didn't have people in my life uh, that were praying for me. I didn't have people in my life that had my back like the church did. Uh, I, w- I got married to my lovely wife, uh, best day of my life, uh, June 15th, 2013. Phew, I thought I was going to forget that for a second. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, the nerves, right? Uh, best day of my life. We uh, were married here in Michigan, and then we transitioned back to Minneapolis, where we went to school with and met. And a few months um, following uh, us getting married, unfortunately, she had a very serious situation with her kidneys. Uh, which led to uh, a surgery and which led to then months and months of a consistent uh, recovery and and struggle in getting through that. Um, The reason why this is a tough uh, story as well is because of my, um, I guess, my next steps as a man. You know, I had just gotten married. I was a leader of our family and uh, I didn't, I wasn't in a position to move us forward from that. Uh, I didn't have, like I mentioned before, people in my life that were you know, praying for me, that were alongside me. Uh, I had friends and people that I knew um, that were even great friends that I considered, but uh, I was in a position where this circumstance, this blindside, created habits uh, in my life. Uh, I, you know, I was just so stressed out with that situation and circumstance that prayer went out the door. Scripture went out the door, a belief and a strong faith that God had a purpose and plan in that circumstance, maybe even a growing moment for me, all that went out the door. If anything, it was just frustration, tears, anxiety. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't recall, but when I think about my feelings, it was almost a depression. And I wasn't there to support my wife the way that she needed to. I wasn't there to um, uh, even <laughs> encourage her in this moment that she was having physical physical pain. I just wasn't there. Um, and as tough as that is now, you know, to, to think and even talk through, I consider that one of the biggest learning moments of my life when I think through uh, this Church of Acts and how they had each other, how they prayed for each other, how if this would have been them, they would have came to someone's house and they would have came to my house and said, oh my goodness, why don't you, this is, it. well, let's pray about it. Let's encourage one another. I didn't have that, and that led me, it led me astray, it led me astray, and what it made me realize that even in a moment where I had good friends, my, you know, my, my wonderful wife, which she was a champion through that, I was lonely, and this is weird to maybe even admit at times, so I'm being, I'm just throwing it all out there. Even when we have people in our lives, we could be married, great relationships, friends, some of us, in those moments, we still have loneliness. I mean, it's a real, real thing. And Cigna, which is one of the largest insurance providers uh, for medical insurance, they, they did a study. They took 20,000 people, and they did a study to really, like, see what, what the dealio was, you know, and maybe ask some questions into why people are depressed and anxious and what's their reality behind that. And there's some interesting answers to that. So 54 of the respondents said they feel like no one knows them well. So that's a lot. And these are a mix of adults and also young adults. There are like maybe 3,000 teenagers as well. 54% of them felt like no one knows them well. Pastor Chris says something really awesome while he was giving announcements. And the importance of us being known, that's, 
that's not just something that's great and God moves in that sense, but that's something that sometimes we need. I feel like as people, it's in our DNA to want to know and also be known. The second one that I thought was really interesting as well was said this. It said that 56% of people you know, they, they say they surround themselves. That's a, they surround themselves with. Sorry, are not necessarily with them. That was very interesting as well. When I kind of read a little bit more about that, they didn't have people that they could walk with almost in life. That they agreed in the same of, of, of the same things. That they had a similar mindset. Maybe even had common goals and could share with each other how to get there. They didn't have someone truly to walk with them in life. And the, and the last one that was really uh, interesting as well uh, was approximately 40% of people said they lack companionship, their relationships aren't meaningful, and that they feel isolated from others. These are people intentionally that have relationships, again, married, siblings. You had to have a minimum of three siblings uh, to do this study. This is, this is very very interesting. It really kind of shook me as well because it made me try and challenge myself to think, how much of this have I felt over the years and do I feel that today right now standing here? Very, very challenging to myself. But then I think about, I think about this one thing. Uh, somebody said, someone close to me said that people's happiest moments, when you think of your happiest moment in your life, were you by yourself? You are not. You're with people, whether that's family, friends, people that you surround yourself that care about you, that you care for as well. So this, this is like a huge light bulb moment for myself too, realizing that the church, their growth that they had, with the direction that they took, man, they were together. If we could have conversation with these people, they'd be saying like, this happened and so-and-so was there. This happened and they knew that I was struggling with this specific issue and they prayed for me. And it happened. The Lord did it. He worked amongst this situation and these people. So it made me think about this, and, and I'm hopeful that we can kind of keep this in mind as we proceed. I hope that I have an opportunity that as I rub shoulders with you guys and speak even on an individual basis, that we keep this in mind, that our best position that we have in this battle, this life that blindsides us, that gives us struggle, that puts us in a position to hurt cry, pain, feel lonely. Our best position in that battle is where two or more of us are gathered, where two or more of us become this. That's the position that I desire for you. That's the, desire, that's the position that I desire for myself, knowing that at any moment, a blind side can come to my life and I, again, may not have the people that I can rely on to pray and encourage me through that. So, I want to take some time, because I think that this is very important, to also get some ideas and even share some thoughts with someone that has the same belief that I do, but also is in a different place as well. I think that's very valuable, um, uh, too, uh, for this purpose. So I'm going to call up Rhonda, actually, and if you could give... Rhonda, a hand. She's going to come up, and we're going to we're going to chat through some stuff. Check, 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 check. Hey, Rhonda. Chair. Yes, ma'am. So Rhonda and I both we we are chatters. We have great conversation, but being up here, not awesome. 
but we're getting used to it, <laughs> both of us. So introduce yourself to everyone. I'm Rhonda Artist. Um, um, my husband, Craig, um, we kind of belong to Zoe Witt and the Robinson family. She's our daughter. And uh, um, we moved up here in, <laughs> we moved up here in, I'm trying, when? January. Oh, and um, Craig had spent 41 years in education. I was an elementary teacher, and when we were both done, uh, we wanted this to the kids. So that's how we got here. And we had visited Market Street and um, the big one, Faith, before Chris came over here. And we just, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Which one am I supposed to be? <laughs> This one, okay. And we're thankful to and we're thankful to have you here. We really are, um, especially with our conversation and how we've kind of been able to to build a relationship and kind of grow in that area. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, I think this is the general, you know, question and the main thing we want to jump into is, what do you feel or how do you? What are your personal thoughts on what we consider empower groups, which are small groups? What are what are your thoughts in that? Um, one thing I was thinking of was I love church. I love listening to you guys preach and absorb and just take it all in. But in small groups, I can be an active participant. And mm. everybody can be an active participant, an active learner, um, sharing, discussing, growing together. I love that. Uh, yeah. Just uh, becoming a family. It's really hard to get to know all of these people personally. It's nice to say hello and and um, I, I can love them and pray for them if I know what they need. But as far as getting really close to all of you, I think it would be really hard. So a small group uh, enables you to become like a little family. And you take on each other's burdens. And like you were saying, yeah, it's great to pray for each other's burdens. But, wow, you want to share your joys with somebody who really cares that you're happy. You know? That's huge. So. I really think that's huge because we, we do. That's what... You know, this church, again, and I'm making assumptions, but because they lived a normal life like we do, they also had struggles. So the coolest thing about being in that setting is that, one, you build a relationship so tight and so wound that you can then feel comfortable to share those struggle in hard times, but then you also have someone to share the wins with. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you said that. I think, too, sometimes um, I wasn't in Bible study for years, and... A long time ago, we didn't even really have that. You know, we're so blessed to be in an mm. era where small groups, Bible study, that's important. But um, oh, now I'm going to lose my train of thought. <laughs> that's my age. I, I'm sorry. I can't remember what I was going to say. That's okay. That's okay. We'll jump into, we'll, we'll jump into the next one. Um, oh, my goodness. Do you have a story maybe of... Uh, mm your experience with an Empower or small group? And well, I, I think um, I was always one that was probably uh, a little too much of I can do it myself and mm. I don't really need anybody else to pray for me. I'm, Is that anyone else in here? You know, and uh, <laughs> that, um, you know, it's between me and God and nobody else needs to know. And uh, I think more than anything, um, small groups kind of broke me down and, uh, made me realize that um, I can't do this alone. That walking, even when you're walking with the Lord, walking solo with Him is great, but walking with Him and others is, is much, much better. Yeah. And I found that I needed to trust people, and through that, I'm just so much happier. Yeah. Yeah. That's the story that I shared, and that's kind of. I even remembered what I was going to say. Great. <laughs> 
I was going to say that um, sometimes people think that, oh, Bible study is just for people that, like, are really righteous or know their Bible or, mm. you know, wow, they're up there. And, no, we are all so broken that mm. we all need it for our, you know, just personal growth. That when we, we might all have different jobs and different backgrounds and everything, but when you come to Bible study, you're just Christians. You're just Christ lovers, and you're all the same. You're all on the same level. I'm glad you said that because I'm glad you remembered. That was good. (laughs) That was great. I agree with you 100%. I do Mm because we we have so many experiences. And that's why this is something that I say. And I tell the people that actually aren't believers. So if you don't believe in Jesus, not that this is directed to you, but it's important to know. Um, I believe that God created us as people, the amount of people that are here and that we're all here for a purpose, but that we're meant to be together. There, there's, there, you benefit so much. I benefit so much from your personal experiences and the moments that you have had that have caused you happiness, but then also struggle. I personally benefit from those because as a 30-year-old, I have to raise kids. I have to go through their teenage years still. You better believe that I'll be texting Rhonda. Like, Rhonda, like, what's going on? Like, Craig, like, I can't deal. Like... They don't even want to clean up their room. I mean, that's the reality. That's the reality. As long as, and I give that example same to the youth that are sitting here. It hasn't been that long that I was a teenager. I mean, it was a while ago, but. It's but, been a long time okay, for me. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say for me. Long, long. <laughs> so I can also be a benefit to them. So that's, that's a strong belief that I have. So I'm glad you said that, Rhonda. Um, well, then lastly, I think the biggest thing that I realize and what I re- read in Acts is that people's lives were impacted. If not, the, what, the, what the word said, that God was moving and they were in awe, that wouldn't have been the case. So light, people's lives were impacted and there was growth. Can you share a time that your life was impacted, that you saw growth in a group? Um, I think uh, more than anything for my own self, I think it was learning the absolute power of prayer. Mm. Um, you know, I have always prayed to the Lord. But when I got to the point where people were praying together um, for, you know, we all have strife in our life. I mean, we all, if, if you haven't ever had a trial, well, I don't know. I don't think you're human, you know. But um, when, you, when you all get down on your knees and you cry out to God in a group, oh, my gosh, he moves mountains that you would never know. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Rhonda. Goodness, I appreciate you so much, and I'm glad that you, uh, you know, that you took courage uh, to be up here with me, and it was a blessing for me. So give it up for Rhonda, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So, with that being said, I think as I transition into um, our next, you know, thoughts moving forward, I, I really want us to have then a template. We all have experienced amazing things in this setting. I, you know, I had, I, I did share a story. Uh, it was a, a difficult time in my life, but as my life has progressed and I've been able to surround my pe- myself with people that love and encourage me in different seasons and now being here and having people that love and encourage me in a small setting, I'm, I'm seeing such a, a benefit and a growth and just a strength that I didn't have, that I didn't have back then, that I didn't have to be a good husband, to be a good leader. Th- I find strength now because of the encouragement that I have. And in Hebrews... 
um, the, uh, the letter that was addressed to them, uh, specifically in chapter 10, uh, the, the, the writer is encouraging uh, the church itself to realize and understand that they're not in the old covenant prior to Jesus. Jesus, he came, he died, he rose. I said it last week, so do what he says. It's pretty simple. Uh, he transformed our reality to God and our ability to be able to have a connection with God where he is our father. This, this is a huge thing. And obviously for these folks that they were used to going to a temple, offering a sacrifice, having a priest talk to God for them, Jesus annihilated that with his death on the cross. He gives us access to God. He is the mediator. We're co-heirs with him, which is an amazing and beautiful thing. So he, the writer of Hebrews is, is just tr describing that and, and trying to have the, the, the church uh, um, there just kind of take that reality. And he also speaks of a new then way of living. He, he gives a description of what that needs to look like and, and where, what direction they need to go. And we're going to pick it up in verse 24. So it's Hebrews 10, uh, verse 24, and it says this. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Simulate. I looked at kind of some synonyms of that. And it's, there's a ton. It's awesome. Uh, in a biblical form, to spark, to trigger, to provoke. In a literal sense, to encourage, to inspire. Let us stimulate one another to love and to good deeds. Towards what? Towards good, towards obedience, towards wisdom, towards faith. This is what the writer was telling them. It, Take this time in this setting that you're in. You're probably sitting in a little room together as they did back then. That, that's what the word says in Acts. They were going from house to house, breaking bread, being together. In this setting, stimulate each other to good deeds, to love, to what Christ was calling us to do, to love. And in verse 25, it says this, not forsaking our own assembly together, as in the habit of some. So the writer here is kind of throwing a joke out there. He's like, not forsaken to meet one another like some people do, that they don't want to take the, t the time to, to be together, to have that fellowship, to be, to, to be one, to be that church, uh, that format that they have, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I see these people and I just, I try and picture it in my head. You know, they had life, coming amongst them, situations, schedules, work, whatever the case may be. And the writer in Hebrews, he, he, he goes that extra mile. He takes the time to say, listen, we live in a tough time where there's distractions and there's different things and there's uh, so many things that we can get caught up in in our minds, busyness. Again, you guys know. Take the time and please make it a habit to meet together, to pray with each other, to encourage one another, to stimulate one another, which means so much. It means to take some time to encourage, to take some time to provoke towards good, towards love, which is towards Jesus. Am I right? That's, um, and uh, you know, who knows, and, and truly, when he says this, which is like an, uh, just an eye-opening uh, uh, word or, or phrase, you know, all the more as you see that day drawing near. And this is, this is the reality that we also must hold. Two things. That one, Jesus is going to come one day. Praise the Lord for that. And take us from this 
blindsiding life that we have, that there's things that come between happiness and, and so many things that we're, we're attacked with. He'll come, but also our time here is also numbered. And I want to be, and I hope we want to be, a people that want to leave a legacy of encouragement, of love, that want to leave a, a legacy of discipling and encouraging one another, that want to live a life myself where these kids here have seeds of wisdom, of love, of instruction. That's what I want to be. And that's what I want us all to be. I, I, I envision something, and this is just the, the, the template that I want us all to envision. I, I envisioned something, and it was funny that Rhonda uh, mentioned it, but Paul as well, um, he, he mentions it in a verse that I'll read later on, but I, I want us to give life to each other. And, and, this, and, w- and what this means is, and, and what I want to say by this is, there's so many things that cause disencouragement. Those are things that are literally at our fingertips. There's so many things that we can have anxiety to, you know, struggle with. There's so many things it's easy. But to give life, things that produce life for us in this world, it's Christ and it's each other. And, and it's each other. And it's in this setting that the church had made for one another. So jump to what Paul says. This, this is something that I memorized the verse because <laughs> I really wanted it to be in my heart. And I encourage you guys to be the same because it's a template for us as we progress. And again, like I said, Rhonda said it, so it was fantastic. But it's, it's in Galatians chapter, two, or chapter 6, verse 2. Paul's talking about, you know, not judging, not, not being in a position where uh, we're pointing fingers or even, uh, you know, being disingenuine with other people's struggles. It's the opposite of that. And this is what it says. It says, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Nate and Jordan DeBoer, can you come up here quick? Don't worry, I won't embarrass you. So we, burdens of this world are many. And to carry them on our shoulders is very difficult. If I, this in a piggyback ride. It's not, it's not bad. It really isn't, it isn't terrible. Although he's been bulking up. It's, it's wrestling season, so. But two, to carry, to be able to, to be able to carry this burden. How is this even gonna work? Jump up. Come on, come on. Come on. It's not, it's not, it's not great. My hamstrings are, so imagine me trying to walk through this life. You know, what's the, the average lifespan I read? 80 years. Imagine me trying to walk in this life with this burden. My, my left hamstring right now is about to pop. <laughs> this, this, this reality, oh, that's so much lighter. If there, thanks guys, give it up for them. If there's a way for me to split that weight, it's here. It's here. That burden that we carry in this life, it's, I'm sweating right now. I am literally sweating. And I was just standing there. That's 
our reality in this world that we live, that burdens get us to a point, if I would have just maybe walked up and down a few times, I probably would have fallen. I probably would have fallen. Paul's telling us, bear each other's burden and thereby fulfill the law. What's the law that he gave us in this new covenant that we live in after he gave himself? To love each other as Christ has loved us. To love each other as Christ has loved us. And I, wanna, I, I want us to, to close here. I know I'm, t- I'm like trying to catch my breath. <laughs> Romans 12, verse 10. This, this, this here is, if there's a definition or something that hopefully I can get printed out for us as we proceed and we seek our personal growth and seek our, our community and seek life change for us as a body, it's here. Romans 12, verse 10 and 12, through 12. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Care for each other. Serve each other. Be present with each other. Know of the needs. Know of the struggle. Verse 11. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Giving each other energy. That word fervent in spirit is like a fire. Literally like just energy. Giving each other energy day to day. That's what he's saying here. Serving the Lord with the encouragement of each other. Growing in him in that way. Verse 12. Rejoicing in hope. Preserving in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Celebrating. I wasn't able to celebrate that moment that I spoke about with Erica because I didn't, even till today, that blind side, that blind side sometimes, and I'll be, I'm, again, I'm laying it all out there. That blind side moment, the enemy still uses that to put it, he puts it in my mind to tell me that I'm not a good husband, that I failed, that that changed the dynamic of the rest of our marriage. That, that he took that and he still does. He tries to attack me with that. But what he's saying here in verse 12, those blind sides that we can overcome together, we, re, we celebrate those wins. We rejoice together when we see God move and when we see him transform and when we see him answer prayers. We rejoice together. And verse 13, which I didn't have on there, I'm just going to read it as well. It says, contributing to the needs of the saints and practicing hospitality amongst each other. That's... I can't tell you, that's a beautiful picture of us. A beautiful picture of what the early church understood in Acts. They said, you know what, we're gonna be about each other. And as we're about each other, then we're just gonna rock this world. And guess what? A third of the world is, 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 a, is a Christian. It considers himself a Christian. So what's the challenge? Um, you know, I think uh, as we proceed and we continue and we go through the fall and we go through the spring and our time here in this church and in this building, I, I, I want us to be like those roots of the sequoia tree. We showed an image last week of why 350-foot trees withstand anything and everything. 
they withstand it because no matter how tall they get, their roots are intertwined, they're unbreakable. And that's, that's what I want for us. That's what Christ wants for us. That's what he wants for us. So we now have taken the time to do the best that we can to hear from, from the Lord and hear uh, from the Spirit what, what that means and what that looks like for us. So pray and be here because there will be opportunities here consistently to have that growth and to have that relationship that will encourage us, that will allow us to grow, that will allow us to be equipped and prepared for those moments of blindside. Again, if you haven't, because we live in this world, then we will. And even though I've thought that I've, again, in this small amount of years that I've lived, I've thought that I've dealt with a few things, well, I have 40, maybe 50 years more of, of dealing with things, and I need you. I need someone to pray for me. I need someone to encourage me in the word. Still in, the, in that moment, I, I just, I remember seeing, again, my spouse, and she was so, and I, it's a, it's hard, and it's a disappointment even for myself, but I need, in moments like those, which I know that I'll have, I need you to pray for me, to encourage me with the word, and to be, to be my rock. And now as years have progressed, I want to be that as well. And the goal and what Christ wants is that we would be that for each other. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I'm just, uh, I'm so thankful for the loving kindness and the great God that you are. Then even moments of, of despair, even moments of, uh, of struggle, you give us a, a light. You give us a, in darkness, you shine brighter, even brighter than the sun. You, you're a good, good God and wonderful Father. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity that you've given me to stand here at Market Street Church, Lord, and, and, to, and to have uh, people in my life that have encouraged me, that have walked with me in, in just these small amount of years that I've been here. Thank you. I'm so thankful for that. And Lord, I, I just want to uh, um, ask that you would give us a sensitivity in our hearts and that you would renew our minds to know that that's what you're calling us to be. That's what you're calling the church to be, to, be a, uh, to carry each other's burdens, to love one another, to, to prioritize uh, one another in prayer and encouragement. I just ask that you would put that burden in us and allow us to realize, Lord, that you are there. Just like the church in Acts, that early church, Lord, they were babies, uh, which now have become a, a, a pillar to what Christianity is. They, they saw you move. They were in awe of what you were doing. Allow us to experience that together in this church, Lord. Hear this body of Marcus Street Church. And allow us to continue to grow in you. Because there's so much work left to do and there's so many souls left to reach. I just pray that you would empower us together. Unify us, Lord, and allow us to grow and be with you. Thank you for what you've done, and we praise you for what you're doing and what you will continue to do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.